What's up, Buttercups? It is Nate with another episode of Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. In this episode, I went over a week 11 recap from a matchup and standings preview, our perspective, I should say. I uh, went through a week 12 preview and went over some betting stuff from the past and some stuff looking forward to in this week, given Thanksgiving weekend and the weekend ahead in week 12 of the NFL. Also, I did a segment on depression, which is probably going to be the name, which is, I guess it's going to be the name now uh, for the episode, uh, kind of just my own experience with it. Honestly, I, um, it probably takes a long time to get through it. I haven't even looked at what the file looks like and how long it is. I'm not going to even listen to it or edit it and just leave it as, as is. Hopefully you can find some value in it, help somebody out or help yourself out a little bit. Um, I'm always open to talk about it too. If you deal with that kind of stuff or you have questions about it and stuff like that, or you're dealing with somebody who has it, um, or you think that they may, um, be dealing with some of that stuff. And I honestly don't even know what I said in it. Uh, I know, remember a couple parts, but, um, I just don't want to listen to it personally. So, um, added a banger at the end. Um, I don't. I remember not talking about the banger. I just gave the name of it, but the song really resonated with me. Um, just kind of talking about a lot of the things I talked about there um, in the last segment, but um, it's one of those things, I guess um, maybe you'll get the sense of it or whatever like that, but um, the song slaps. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy. You can get some value out of it. Uh, let me know what you think uh, by providing a review in Apple comments um or send me a note on twitter at natory530 or instagram at natory530 or you can just text me if you have my number whatever it doesn't it doesn't matter um just let me know what you think about it um also if you are looking for another podcast to listen to or another two you got tony's podcast 58 west king podcast for his league uh, break down some pretty funny stuff in there too and there's some comedy um even if you go back and listen to the episodes there's you know some of the stuff you can look back into the nfl season and say hey you know you guys were up wrong about this right right that we'll probably do some recaps on i i hope tony wants to do some recap stuff on those things that we talked about when it came to rankings and stuff um but <clears throat> we'll see and then champions league dynasty champions dynasty league podcast which is on all these platforms as well they're all linked in the show notes so um, that one we took four competitive leagues, top three managers from each league to see who reigns supreme. So, anyways, this one took a lot out of me. Um, yeah, not much editing. I'm probably gonna throw some music under some of the recap and look ahead stuff, but I'm not touching the back end once it gets to the break. So, um, sorry for your ears. Hope it provides you some value.
and welcome back to another episode of Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. I am your host, Nate, the commissioner of Taco Court Fantasy Football League and the manager of the Vinegar Strokes. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Naterade530, N-A-T-E-R-A-D-E-530. The number's at the end. Last week, didn't do a podcast. Apologize, but we're here. So something I've been thinking about, and we'll get to the football stuff and the betting and all that kind of stuff, but uh, something that I've been thinking about lately is something my dad told me when I was very young. We grew up in family business, um, grew up in a, started with a gas station and a take and bake pizza shop, which we still run. And later on moved to a grocery store. So kind of grew up basically going to school, get out of school, go to whatever one of the businesses was and do your homework. Dad'll check it, make sure you're not a dumbass, and then go to work. Uh, for the rest of the night. So grocery store closed 9, 10 o'clock at night. And uh, then you go home, grab some food or whatever like that, go to sleep, wake up, do it again. Weekends kind of did the same. Uh, both parents working at one of the places that we were running. So you show up with dad at the grocery store super early or um, spend the evening with mom at pizza shop or whatever it was. So it's what we used to do. Um, but one thing my dad told me was um, three things in life not to do. Um, and that's to lie, cheat, or steal. And I've been thinking about it lately. I don't know, just a bunch of shit going on in my head. And I think a lot of it just revolves around trust. Uh, that once you break trust it's really hard to get back. And I think a lot of people sit there and say, uh, you know, you got to earn trust. I don't think that's the way to do it. I think you give trust and then until you don't have it anymore. But problem is, is that when people get in the habit of those three things, lie, cheat, and steal, that it's hard to stop doing it. It becomes a part of you. And the biggest part of it is I think you lose a lot of something that I think is a very good trait in accountability. You stop taking accountability for your own actions. You stop being accountable to other people. It's easier to blame things or lie or do things that are just not good traits. Um, and when you someone gets in those habits of doing those things, um, it's just really hard to get out of it. And it's sad. And... I think for people like that, 
it's it's hard to flip the switch to become accountable no matter how many people can see bring it up address the issues it's just something that gets built into you uh it's kind of like smoking addiction any type of addiction essentially you know it's bad you know it's not the right thing to do you know it's not something that you would like done to you but you just don't know how to get out of it so if you're out there listening to this don't lie cheat or steal unless the only person that you care about in the world is yourself. Because eventually you can only play the facade for so long before it catches up. Everything catches up and the more it does, the faster you get to just being by yourself. And if you like that, cool. I don't. So, Anyways, uh, we didn't do a podcast last week. Just dealing with some bullshit. Not bullshit, just stuff. Talk about it later on. Something I've been wanting to talk about for a while. But we will recap week 11 in Talk Core Fantasy Football League right now. In matchup number one, we had the Eskimo Brothers going to the Scrote Squad. The Eskimo Brothers coming up in their bottom of the league, now sitting at five and six. But anyways, Scrote Squad got good performances out of Dalvin Cook, 27 points, Deontay Johnson, 25, and the Steelers quarterback for 20, which was just enough to squeak out a win against the surging Travis Kelsey, who put up 28 on Monday night, Curtis Samuel, 21, Baltimore quarterback. Scrub Spot takes it down 140 to 134. Matchup number two, password is Taco. The number one team in the league went to three penis wine. Password is Taco gets 29 out of Tyreek Hill, 24 out of the Seattle quarterback, and 20 out of Mark Andrews. And it just was too much for Nick in his 31 from the Rams quarterback, 22 from Derrick Henry and Mike Evans. Password is Taco takes this one down 141 to 119. Matchup number three, Tony Patriot goes to Chad's team. Tony Patriot gets 37 out of the Houston quarterback, 24 out of Taysom Hill in his tight end spot. Last week, he could use him in tight end spot, and it really helped him out. Uh, DJ Moore for 23 points. Uh, Chad's team gets 27 out of the KC quarterback, 18 out of Dallas Goddard, and 18 out of Melvin Gordon loses by one point 139 to 138 tight end eligibility is now gone for Taysom Hill per ESPN too hot to handle went to the pocket dogs too hot to handle it's 36 ish points out of the Chargers quarterback 25 out of Devonta Adams 14 Kalen Bellage while 
the pocket dog's best performer was Darren Waller, 21 points, Tyler, Tyler Lockett, 21, and 20 out of CEH. Takes an L, 126 to 114, too, too hot to handle. Matchup number five, Baby Ruth went to, I shaved my balls for this. Baby Ruth got a 27 points out of Cooper Cup last night. Antonio Gibson, 17, and 17 out of Mike Williams. Wow. I shave my balls for this. Gets 36 out of Keenan Allen, 21 out of Michael Thomas, and 17 out of Aaron Jones to win the matchup 133 to 118. Marquee matchup of the week, as it is every week, is the Vinegar, vinegar Strokes. That is me going to the Murder Boners. Murder Boners gets 34 out of Adam Thielen, 32 out of Robert Woods, 24 out of the Arizona quarterback. Wow. I got 21 out of Zeke, 18 out of Corey Davis, and 16 out of Michael Pittman Jr. It's just not good. I was 4-1 at a point, and now I am 4-7 on a six-game losing streak. Lose to the Murder Burners, 149-112. Updated standings. In first place, we have Password is Taco, sitting alone at 10-1. Sorry for second and third, two out the handle, and my, I shave my balls for this at eight and three. The next two teams for fourth and fifth tied are Pocket Dogs and the Penis Wine at six and five. And then we have the Eskimo Brothers and Murder Boners tied for sixth place at five and six. So that is the last playoff spot that they're holding on to right now. Four and seven are the next three teams, Skirt Squad, Chad's team, and the Vinegar Strokes taking up the last two seeds of 11 and 12 in the entire league. You have Baby Ruth and Tony Patriot sitting at 3 and 8. And that's that. Look ahead to week number 12. I'm just going to go based off of who needs victories, not even anything that is has to do with fantasy or any little gimmick thing or anything like that. We have the Murder Bunners going to the Scrote Squad. Uh, I think that the Squirt Squad takes this one down with guys like Dalvin Cook. I think the Murder Boners is going to have a tough time figuring out who to start at quarterback, Buffalo, quarterback, or Arizona. Also gets DeAndre Swift back, but I think that uh, the Steelers mop the floor with the Ravens, so you might have some decent games out of like Ben. Three penis wine going to Eskimo Brothers. Three penis wine is going to take this down because the Eskimo Brothers just can't keep winning. It's not feasible, and he will regress to the mean of not winning. Pocket Dog going to Password is Taco. These guys live together. And as we all know, and if you listen to Champions League, Champions Dynasty League podcast, uh, Clint's the top. So Clint's going to take this one down. There, his squad is just too damn good. He's got Stefan Diggs, which we'll get into a little bit later on things with Stefan Diggs. I shave my balls for this going to Tony Patriot. And Tony Patriot is not going to get that 20-something points out of Taysom Hill sitting in his tight end spot anymore. The guy is only quarterback eligible. Therefore, he's going to get smoked and remain at the bottom of the league. Too hot to handle going to Baby Ruth. Part of me wants Baby Ruth to win, but... It's just not going to happen. Not when you have guys like Devonta Adams, Herbert, who's just going to keep slinging the ball and put up 20, 30 points, 25, 30 points a week. 
And that's that. And in the marquee matchup of the week, we have Chad's team traveling to yours truly, the Vinegar Strokes. Both of us fit sitting at four and seven need a victory to stay in contention for the playoffs. We gotta win out these last two weeks and hope a couple get some help from other people. And um I'm struggling at the quarterback position. Um doing this turnstile turn wheel thing and I don't like it. So um give me Chad to take down week twelve. Yes, I am trying to reverse karma karma myself. Sports betting angle for the last couple weeks. I've been getting fucking murdered. <clears throat> um went outside of what I should be doing with unit sizes and stuff. And yeah, learn a lot about yourself in that point. So anyways, uh last night did pretty well. I'm gonna pull it up real quick of what we did. Um bunch of the guys had props and all these other type of things too. Uh and last night I ended up going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, four, twelve on the night. So Cooper Cup hit the over on yards and grabs. Golf over on yards. Golf over one and a half touchdowns. Uh, AB Antonio Brown over on grabs and yards. And Golf over 25 completions. Had Cooper Cup TD prop. Didn't get a touchdown even though he got all the work. Antonio Brown touchdown prop. Didn't get a touchdown. Mike Evans under 56 and a half yards. Did not hit. And then had Daryl Henderson under 38 and a half yards rushing. Uh, hit that. And Brady over 27 completions. Interception at the end of the game. Really hurt. So um, there's that. And looking ahead to say Thanksgiving. Since it's Thanksgiving week. We'll start with the Thanksgiving games. Uh, put a bet as soon as these lines came out. You have, so for the three games, we'll just go over the lines real quick. You have Houston, Detroit. Houston's a two and a half point favorite, 150 on the, minus 150 on the money line, over under 51 and a half. Um, so when I see a negative two and a half, the first thing I think of is teaser, uh, six point tease. So give Houston six points. They'll move to plus three and a half. So you get over two key numbers of zero and three. And you get a hook. So you can't push if it was by three. So there's that. And we'll talk about what I bet after I go over these lines. Washington football team against the Dallas Cowboys. This line opened at two and a half also in favor of Dallas. It's now at three. Money line 180 and over under of 46. And then the last game of the week. Who knows if this thing gets played. But Baltimore traveling to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a four and a half point. Favorite, minus 215 on the money line, over under a 45. So I said that once these lines came out, Dallas was a two and a half point favorite. So I saw two, two and a half point favorites. I think both of those teams end up winning. The Detroit game kind of scares me a little bit because, um, but I think, I don't know if Matt Stafford, like, with his hand, how does that work out with the throwing and stuff like that? Because I think Houston's going to put up points. So, I just teased that in the Dallas line from two and a half Poco to three and a half point dogs. And you get it for minus 120, 1.2 units to win. Or I think I bet two units on that. So uh, 2.4 units to win two. So there's that. Uh, I got a notification to reset my Instagram password. Yuck. Um, yeah, 
I think both of those teams win. The Dallas game does kind of scare me too. I don't know. All these games kind of scare me. It's hard. Like there's only three games, but um, Washington has a decent defensive line. So how do they how do they control the Dallas offensive line? But I don't know. I think Andy Dalton's competent and can put up points. So um, yeah, I did say it in group text last week that I want to put faith in Andy Dalton, and everybody said don't do it. Tony said don't do it. So. Didn't end up doing it, but um, I had a hunch, had a feeling, but it was good to see, and I, I'm more confident in that this week. So something you might want to look at um, there. It's probably going to be a slower-paced game, um, but both teams could put up points. Uh, there's that. All right, the rest of the Week 12 games here, you got... Las Vegas going to Atlanta. Las Vegas minus three over under 55 and a half. Not touching it. Might. I don't know. I'm not going to play that. I want to bet Atlanta and I'm not going to continue to lose money on Atlanta. Uh, Arizona going to New England. Arizona being a two and a half point favorite. Ooh. I have a hard time betting against the Patriots. So probably gonna stay away from that over under 49 and a half probably don't want to touch it just i'll just stay away let's not try to crazy shit um and that's a good tease opportunity but i don't know like if i did do it it'd probably be on the new england side so um he's new england up to eight and a half you'll get over three six and seven so um I think they got a good defense, but their secondary is not as great as um, advertised. But probably just stay away from it because if they lose, they're probably going to lose bad. But, uh, all right, next game. The Giants going to the Bengals. Giants six-point favorites at Cincinnati. I think the Giants just control the ball here over under 42 and a half. I think this was at 44 yesterday, so getting hammered on the under. Supposed to be some crazy weather there. See New York just controlling possession and running the ball and running the ball and running the ball and running the ball. Um, Maybe if you get a Wayne Gallman prop in the 40s, 50s, probably going to be like 56 or something like that, maybe. Um, Might be able to touch that um, with just a sloppy game. But that's a good tease opportunity if you think the Giants are going to win that game. Obviously, everybody, the public and the money is all on the Giants right now. So, um, minus 260 to win the game. But you can find another game to tease that with and get it to pick them. So, uh, there's that. You don't have to cover the six. Uh, Cleveland at the Jaguars. Cleveland, a six and a half point favorite over under 49. I'm staying away from that because I think Jacksonville just, they're not good, but they just not fucking with him. Um, next game, Tennessee going to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, a four point favorite uh, against Tennessee with a 51 total. Uh, the last time these teams played, we bet the Colts, they were a dog. And we bet them to win the game 
outright because of Ryan Tannehill. The way to beat Tennessee is to stop the run because they are really good at passing when they can run the ball and off play action. You put Ryan Tannehill in a I have to pass drop back passer thing. More times than not, gonna choke. Um, and against Indianapolis's defense, um, yeah, more likely to choke again. But I might just stay away from it. Don't want to mess with it. But. You can probably bet bet Tannehill to throw a pick, like one interception. You'll probably get decent odds on that. Um, props don't come out until 24 hours before the game, so or the day before, so so. Uh, Chargers at the Bills. The Bills are a five and a half point favorite over under 54. I don't know what the weather is like there in Buffalo. I'll look it up while I continue to talk. But in this game, something that uh, you want to look at is Stephon Diggs. Uh, you're going to bet all the Stephon Diggs overs. Probably have a receiving prop of like 60 something, maybe. If he's in the 70s, I wouldn't touch it. But if it's in the low 60s, like most of these are, 62, or if you get it in like a high 50s or something like that, you can do that. And then uh, Diggs is probably going to have a, uh, what do you call that? A receptions prop of like five, um, because that's what it is every single week, it seems like. But just bet that over. Um, he's going to get a fuck ton of... Weather in Buffalo, 48 degrees, sunny, a little overcast, no rain projected. So that has that could probably go over. Buffalo, like the Chargers are going to put up points. I get it. They're traveling west to east, but um, they can definitely put up the points. Buffalo's secondary is not fantastic. Everybody seems to score all over Buffalo. Um, what's really the difference between the Chargers offense and Seattle's offense when Seattle went there? dropped a fuck ton of points um and what's different between the chargers defense and seattle's defense uh, not much right um arguably you can say the chargers have more weapons hunter henry keenan allen feeling guyton big mike williams uh, buffalo can just put up points too and if the chargers get out to a big league buffalo is going to come back both key, both teams can score 27 here one team could probably score 30, 30 something points. Um, I might touch that over before. Next game, Miami Dolphins at the Jets. Dolphins are minus seven over under a 44 and a half. New York is supposed to get hammered with the weather. Um, Miami has a decent defense. Um, the Jets don't. Don't know what else to say there. Not touching that line though. Feel like the Jets get better. Sam Darnold plays too. They're gonna be better. Seems like a trap. Not at seven. I think if I got to seven and a half, I'd bet the Jets. Saints minus six going to Denver. Over under 43 and a half. Taysom Hill. I don't know. I don't want to bet against Denver. It's a team that I've bet a lot on and hasn't worked out. But last week they took a victory against the Dolphins who went in there and um, yeah, choked. 
Not touching it. Taysom Hill touchdown probably. He's gonna run one in. It's it's certain, but I probably won't touch the rest of it. And the Monday night matchup. You have the Seahawks going to Philly. Seahawks are six or a five point favorite over under 51. This is a T spot for me. So I think Seattle wins this game. So you can tease that six points, get to plus one. All they got to do is win the game, not lose by one. Philly's not blowing them out. Uh, Philly is obviously not good. So we're looking at teasers. You can sit there and say, which was, what was the game the other day? The other last one I said, uh, I would say maybe tease New England to eight and a half. You can tease the Giants to pick. So let's say one teaser, right? Let's go Giants pick. You get six points there and Seattle plus one. Cross two key numbers on both. Or you'll get the push for the pick. I don't mind teasing to a pick just if I think someone's going to win. Ideally, you want to cross the number, not sit on the number, but they're not going to tie. So um, there's that. Depression. This has been a topic or a thing I've wanted to talk about for a while. And I sort of recorded a little bit a couple weeks back. And then it was kind of heavy, so I just stopped and didn't put it out. But I got it. I just wanted to talk about it. Um, Hopefully, you know, a lot of this stuff is just my own experiences with it. As uh, how do you know? I don't want to say a lot, but some of you guys know. uh, It's something I've dealt with for a very long time, and it got super, super bad over this last year. And uh, it gets better, it gets worse, and there's ups and downs and stuff like that. But um, I guess just my own experiences here, and hopefully um, someone can take a piece out of it, um, help them out a little bit, feel better about talking about the shit, or just... I just hope it could bring value to somebody. Just one. Um, no, I've talked to, you know, uh, uh, say handful plus people that I know that listen, um, that deal with the shit too. Um, sorry for saying shit a lot. I just don't know how to say it, but, um, yeah, and we've talked a little bit here and there about it and stuff like that as I've gotten more open about it amongst a core group of people that I trust. Um, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, so I've dealt with depression probably a little bit over 13 years now. Um now, definitely over 13 years now, um, something I, I think I've done a decent job of hiding um, until maybe this last year. But um, part of that was I just really didn't know that I was depressed. Um, 
I didn't understand it. I just, that's the way it is. And kind of went, right? Um, a lot of things happen in life. And for me, I'm a super logical style person, I guess you would say, where um, I best process and understand things if I can have the data from front end to back end, ins and outs and all that kind of stuff. And then I can all understand. Um, you know, we, a lot of people joke about how like I can, um, now I was like in New Mexico or California and it's like, hey, you can hear something once and remember it forever. Um, it's like a blessing when it comes to work and school and retaining information and stuff like that, but it could also be a curse, I guess. Um, not being able to forget things. Um, but the way I would do that, say work, like we had a system that we worked on in New Mexico was once I heard something about, hey, this is how this goes or that goes and whatnot, um, as long as I fully understood the left, right, up, down, center, all around it, or someone told me that, I can understand it, process it, and be good to go. Um, but a thing I've learned in life is that sometimes you just don't get all that. You don't get that understanding of everything, and that's something that I really struggle with. Um, so there's key moments in life that where things happen and you don't get the answers and it fucked me up for a long time. Uh, people that listened that knew me before my whole military life, um, I think they have a different perception of who Nate is as to who I see in the mirror or saw in the mirror for a very long time. Um, a lot of that is too, because it's like not putting out, I'm fucking sad, or my head's fucked up, you know, on a social platform, it's highlights and all that kind of shit, right? Or funny stuff, you want to keep it light. Um, I've kind of gone away from that over the last couple of years as I've kind of like learned a lot more about myself, but um, yeah, I used to be this like super happy-go-lucky, um, not like trying to toot my own fucking horn here. I, I don't live in this era of my life or anything like that, but, um, you know, athlete in school, you know, you play quarterback and I wasn't good, but in the quarterback, you know, the cute kid in school, um, you know, one of the popular guys and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Love dancing, always kind of like the life of the party, fun, all that kind of stuff. Um, talk to everybody, anybody, didn't care where you're from, how much your family made, what clothes you wear, nothing like that. I'm just always, um, always that way, I guess. And I still am that way when it comes to like people, but um, 
you know, I've never been one who's like afraid to go through the bad neighborhood of town or nothing like that. Like, remember there was a time, and sorry, I'm going to just ramble because um, hopefully it all ties together, but I might be here a while. I don't know. I'm obviously recording it so you can see how much is left, right? But um, remember one time we were in Vegas and we went out to a movie. Um, we were out there for work and we went to a movie and one of the guys said, I don't think we should be here. There's guys in the parking lot that are smoking marijuana. And that's how it was said, right? Doesn't look like a good part of town. And um, just didn't bother me. Like, you know, those people don't want anything to do with you. You don't want anything to do with them. You go do your own thing. They'll leave you alone. Like, you know, not worried about leaving $5 in the fucking center console. Like, People aren't going to fuck with you, right? So, um, but it just never bothered me. I don't look at people like that differently and stuff like that, right? So, um, all that kind of just to say, like, you know, I kind of got along with everybody. I was super out, super open, um, involved. Um, yeah, kind of like your, um, you know, when you see those movies or shows or something like that, like those small town shows of like this person is, you know, whatever, some Freddie Prince Jr. movie or some shit. I don't know. But um, but that's kind of how people remember me, right, um, from back in the day. And, um, you know, things happen and um, kind of just fucked me up. Um, I was always pretty open about stuff beforehand. I would talk a lot about things and then things happen and, uh, you don't, I just like my protection mechanism for not understanding or anything like that was to just shut off and be quiet. Um, over time, kind of just, kind of, kind of just became my identity. Uh, people would, uh, you know, it's funny, people, like, I got a nickname called RBF, like resting bitch face, you know, um, and I would always just say, oh, it's, uh, you know, my face is just straight, this is the way it is, so, like, um, you know, I walk around without emotion and stuff like that, and it just kind of can be a part of me, and um, I talked a little bit earlier about the whole lie, cheat, and steal thing and how it's hard to break that. And it's the same way with this kind of stuff. Um, I didn't understand that I was going through like early stages of being like digging my own hole. Um, just how I dealt with it. Um, growing up, my parents never really talked about stuff like that. Uh, we didn't really talk too much about like emotions and stuff like that. Um, it was always just work, 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 right? Um, and no fault to them. Like, it's what we did, and that's what they do, and that's how they go about life and stuff like that, and it's cool. Like, I understand it, right? Um, but for me, it uh, it just wasn't how I dealt with things well. So closed off a lot of stuff, stopped opening up about things, um, things that I was struggling with, things that I 
that hurt me, things that would um, leave me guessing, um, that it really uh, kind of started to take its toll. Um, and over time, things just build up and build up and build up and build up and build up. Like, it doesn't even have to be new things added. It's just the one thing that can't let go because of the way that you process stuff, right? Like, there's a lot of people I know that I talk to and my friends and stuff like that. Like, I got a really good group of friends. Um, and they're just like, yeah, that's that's how it is. You know, and I don't need the answers and stuff like that. And part of me is kind of like jealous of that. Wish I could really do that. Um, and maybe one day I will, but um, right now I can't. So um, I don't know. Part of that's like I don't want to, uh, but uh, always searching for answers, right? Um, anyways, things just keep going and I don't you know, process the stuff in a way that is good for me um, or find ways and avenues to get help to better be able to deal with that, right? Um, going to seek therapy or uh, just talk to somebody that is outside of my circle, like a random person, right? Which I do now weekly, but, um, you know, I wish I would have done that stuff a lot, a lot sooner because it's just started to build and build and build and build. And I didn't realize, like, now that I look back, I see all the stuff that it was like, fuck, I was, like, digging my own hole. Um, you know, I'd, I'd come home and say, you know, I'd come home and eat dinner and, and, you know, go play games and stuff like that, like video games, until it was almost time to go to bed. And I remember someone would ask me, like, why is it that you just want to play that game the entire time? You know, and um, I vividly remember the conversation of it's my escape from reality. You know, I get to basically be in another world and I don't have to think about everything and that's on my mind. Because my mind always felt like it was like this big puzzle and that kind of became like a running joke too. <clears throat> And I tried to make light of it, um, but it was a lot of, like, hiding what was really digging at me. Um, I used comedy a lot to get rid of or to mask hurt and pain or confusion. Um, it was always the thing that, like, oh, I can make, if I can make people laugh, it's funny, right? Um, feels good. It lightens the mood. and. But deep down inside, you're just fucking, you're just fucked up. Um, and then it gets exhausting. So um, you do that for a while, and then it's like, oh, I just want to lay down. Um, and that was my life for a very long time. Um, I remember I, I feel like I'm rambling. But I never dealt with the stuff early and it caught up to me in the earlier part of this year. Um, 
a couple years back, I learned that I was depressed. I went and got some help because I was struggling with some stuff. And finally, like someone at, you know, one of my good friends said, dude, you should just talk to somebody. Like, go get an appointment and talk to them. Um, that way you don't have to hold anything back because I could tell that you're holding stuff back because I know who you are. I know you, right? And you're trying to protect that image. And um, so I went and got some help or whatever. And they said, yeah, yeah, you, um, yeah, after about a month, they're like, hey, we believe you to be, um, now we're going to diagnose you with uh, severe depressive disorder, depression disorder. And I was in California at the time. And it kind of just hit me like, like, I'm depressed. And, you know, because whenever I think about depression, I always thought about just like, straight up darkness all the time and I felt like I was just complaining and um they're like these are your signs and your you know that you show these are the things that you do um and this is where you're headed if you don't continue to get help and um so they put me on some pill thing um did that for a little bit and then I felt a little bit better and I stopped I asked them to stop giving them to me um, and they were okay with it. Like they can prescribe you something, but they can't make you take it. Right. They're like, all right, let's just keep going through these groups and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I remember opening up to people about it and it was kind of just like, a, like what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like you're not that. You know, and like, kind of just telling me differently. And it, it kind of sucked and it kind of hurt because it's like, fuck, like, I actually, like, this isn't something I want to talk about either, but I would, um, but I came to you to tell you about it and you kind of like just brushed it off. Um, or it's, that's your problem. Um, you know, or just like it, it wasn't serious. It was just like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and that really sucked. <laughs> it sucked when you, when you finally get to a point of opening up about stuff when you've been closed off for so long and you got a lot to talk about. And maybe this is why, like, you know, I've learned like I, I can ramble and I can talk a lot and I, it's weird because sometimes it feels like it's uh, it's too much for people. Um, you know, they're kind of like, wow, he's got a lot to say. Um, but you have a lot to say when you haven't talked for about 13 years or at the time, 11 years. So um, yeah, it kind of sucked. And I think what that did to me was it kind of closed me off even more. Where something that scares you individually that you don't think of yourself as um, and being able to be open about it and then not have it be, I guess, validated, I guess you would say. Um, 
kind of just like go back to your own protection mechanisms, right? And, um, you know, time goes on or whatever like that and never really dealt with it. Um, find people that you want to talk to about it, right? But then um, they're dealing with their own things too. So they don't have the energy or the wherewithal or the care to um, help you process stuff and come out the other side with you. Um, I don't blame them, but it doesn't feel good. Um, Yeah, I could think about times where I think about getting a tattoo and um, I sat with someone one time and I was like, I think this is what I want to get. And I guess when I look at these times, I think about like, this was my way of like, like I didn't realize I was doing it and I was just talking about stuff, but I wish that I would have or other people would have realized, you know, what was really going on. Um, And I think I'm more aware of it now. So when people talk to me about stuff, then I'm able to kind of think about it a little bit more other than just at the face value. But I remember saying, hey, I want to get a tattoo. I think I want to get this. And it was like a, it's almost like a, it reminded me of like Into the Spider-Verse because it was kind of like weird psychedelic, like sketch type drawing comic style of like a uh, a body, like a dude's body, uh, but kind of like cartoonish, but it just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But um, instead of a head, it had a Rubik's Cube and it was all like, it wasn't put together, right? Excuse my burp. I had a quesadilla. I just, I made a quesadilla earlier and I put um, Capital City mumbo sauce inside it with uh, banana peppers too. It was actually pretty good, but I don't know how to do it. Like I, maybe I should like do that one in the oven so it dries out the banana pepper a little bit because it was like too wet. Um, but I remember saying like this, right? Like Rubik's Cube thing. And um, the response was like, oh, it's because you're, because your head's like really fucked up and you know, you have a hard time thinking through stuff and all that kind of stuff. And now that I look at it, like that was like a super red flag for me. Like, and I think that if I were dealing with someone who told me that I would, I would more try to like ask why and stuff like that, especially if I cared for them or I said I cared for them. Um, but it was kind of just like, oh yeah, because your head's messed up. Right. And it like nothing. Um, It just sucked. It sucks to talk about something and feel like it doesn't matter. Um, It sucks to try to make plans for your future or have goals for yourself and them not matter and it it just I think what it ends up doing was like as you compound things they all take you back to 
things that happen that you don't get a don't get closure for at least for me don't understand and i think that's a common theme with me i don't understand um You don't understand why people wouldn't want you to succeed and be happy in what you're doing. Or to support your goals. Um, I mean, even now, I like talk about getting out of the military and there's a lot of people who are just like, like they don't support it. They don't like it. Still doing it. But it sucks. It's like, why? Why? And you don't get that answer. And that's something I still struggle with. Not getting answers. But through all that, especially earlier in the year this year, is when it really hit me. And I'd spend a lot of time just hating myself because I didn't understand myself. I didn't understand why I felt that way, why things still bother me, why why I can't let go of things in my past that because I didn't get what I felt I needed or I wanted. Not, and I don't want to make it sound like a bitch sesh, right? But I guess I'm just trying to lay the groundwork. But over time, feeling like you don't have someone to really talk to about the things that are bothering you, one, because it can start confrontation or conflict. Two, you don't want to bother people because if it bothers you that much, can you imagine what it does to someone else? Having to explain yourself, tell your story over and over and over and over and over to anybody who would want to hear it and sit with you. Everybody else has their own things going on. Everybody else has their own families and stuff like that. And it's weird because, you know, over time I've learned that, especially over the last like eight months or so, is that people who actually care about you will put life on hold to just sit with you. Um, and let you get it out. I don't even have to tell you anything. Like, just you can sit there and cry. Um, but when you're depressed, you don't want to ask it because you feel like you're bothersome to yourself. First, I mean, it bugs the shit out of you. Why wouldn't it bug somebody else? And when you're dealing with the same shit over and over and over and over and over, you know, it's a broken record. And 
So who's going to want, want to deal with it, right? You just don't want to put that stuff on other people. You want people to be happy when they're around you or want to be around you. And when you, when you're fucked up, I mean, do people actually like really go and seek out to hang out with people who are fucked up? No. At least not intentionally to like go have a good time of concern and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes you just want to have a good time with people. You don't want them to know that side of you. And you hope that in doing all the other things that it can kind of bring you out of it, but never really did. And, um, I hit this like this real deep wall back in March of 2020 this year. And um, I hated myself. I hated myself because I couldn't understand myself. I couldn't understand my brain. I couldn't understand my own emotions and feelings, why I get so upset, why I was so anxious, why I feel like I'd shake, uh, why I couldn't stop biting like my nails down to like bleeding. You know, I get the skin off of all like the cuticle areas and the side of your fingernails and stuff like that. Why I, uh, you know, I just felt like a real bad burden. I felt like all I did was hurt people. You know, over the last couple of years, I've opened up and spoke up about a lot of different things that I didn't feel were right. Um, maybe not even that I didn't feel were right, but just things that I valued. And, you know, people would, you know, it's, it's weird when you feel like you're crazy and then someone tells you you're crazy for caring about something so adamantly for being passionate about something, for wanting something that's going to make you feel better about life and more secure. And then you just go back and ask yourself, like, you know, maybe I am crazy. And then you're stuck in another cycle of not understanding what the hell's going on with you. And in March, I hit my, my ultra low. Um, you know, things happen. And I just felt terrible. I'd watch my kids cry. And I felt like that was my fault. And maybe I take too much ownership for everything that goes on in my life and accountability, even for things that are out of my control. But when I'd see things like that, it would uh, it'd fuck me up pretty bad. 
and I just felt like I wanted to stop hurting people with my own confused head. Felt like I was a problem. And a lot of it kind of just stems back to not dealing with things from a long time ago. So when new things arise, it all just compounds and brings back all that other stuff and start to freak out inside. And you express that in ways that probably aren't that healthy for you. And those around you, I guess. And I didn't like the person I saw in the mirror. Felt like my own confusion was pain for other people. Felt like for a long time I was in like a survival mode of trying to like express and express and express more. But it just caused more conflict. And I guess it was like my cry for help. It was without saying I need help or yeah and everything just piled up all at once and I uh I remember it and I hate this day and I get it adds to more depression so um I remember I walked downstairs and I Gave my kids a kiss goodbye. Told them I loved them. It was probably five, five o'clock in the evening. Maybe a little bit earlier. Probably closer than though. It was a little bit earlier, I think. And I, um, I left. And I left with the sole intent of never coming back and ending my life that night. My uh, thoughts were that I you know my my therapy I don't want to say my therapy but something that kind of calms me usually is just going for a drive. Put the windows down, turn the heater on, enjoy the cold air on me and Go for a drive. And um, so nobody would think anything. Just, oh, he's upset. He's going for a drive. But my sole intent was to never come home. I just didn't want to live anymore. I wanted to stop hurting people. I felt terrible about myself. I couldn't understand myself, and I didn't want to live like that anymore. I didn't want to keep putting that on other people. I left and I drove probably about an hour south of where I lived and um, found a spot. And my intention was to drive my vehicle straight into this massive, like, three-foot-wide tree as fast as I could. I was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, but there was like some local traffic a little bit, like, I mean, like a, not even a one road town, 
probably like eight, nine miles off the road, the main road. But there'd be people that are coming and going from work. You, know, you see a car every five, 10 minutes. So I told myself that once it got dark enough, late enough into the night, I would do it. So that if by chance I survived the initial impact, that I wouldn't survive to the morning. And then I um, accidentally fell asleep in my car and I woke up the next day. And for some reason, I didn't want to do it when it was light out. It's weird. Just hang out until the next night. And then, and then a police officer came and got me and I, they took me to the hospital. Spent two weeks in a uh, inpatient facility in a hospital for mental health, for being suicidal and depression. It sucked. You don't have any access to the outside world other than one phone that they have there. But I mean, who do you want to call and tell that you're inside a hospital? How do you how do you call your kids when you know that they miss you and you tried to not be around for them anymore? That still fucks me up. You know, I have uh, a six and a three-year-old daughter. And for that day, I have a lot of shame. But while I'm there, I go through two weeks of like hardcore intensive shit. Like all day. And it sucks because unless you're there where you've kind of been through it, you just can't comprehend it. And I think the more that you want to talk about it, the more you realize you can't or that you just shouldn't. And it kind of just like this endless cycle. Who's going to understand? Who's really going to comprehend? And you can't blame people for that, though. Like, you understand that. You know, I came back out, and this was, like, right when COVID started. So when I went in, everything was normal. Came out, it looked like The Walking Dead. 
not that I'm like someone who really goes out or anything like that, but it was just weird to drive home. And I got home and I was just kind of by myself for a while. Um, you're still stuck with a ton of shame. Uh, you don't feel like you deserve things. Yeah, I, I think I I waited probably like eight days, nine days to see my kids. Even FaceTime. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't face it. I think that facing the reality is really hard for me. the next uh, month or so just laying in bed no lights unless like completely necessary for my daughters to walk around and play and do stuff but I'm by myself nothing just glued to the bed still not understanding why and what trying to process everything, use your skills that they teach you and stuff like that. But you have to go out and do it. And it's hard. It doesn't feel right. For so long, you're stuck in like this, this way of being that I feel like I lost a lot of my own identity. Like a lot of who I was you know, 15 years ago. You miss that person. You miss when you didn't have like a care in the world. And you still don't really understand how you got there. What led up to everything. You can pinpoint times when it was really big, but you don't understand everything that led up to those big moments or even after. At least I don't. And it's almost like it made it worse coming out, you know, feeling alone. You know, but it's so fucking heavy to talk about it it's so hard to try to explain to somebody how you felt. Or what you're going through. I mean, I, I don't even know how long this has been. It feels like it's been like an hour. You know, and you don't want to take up all their time. You know what the answers are. You know, they're going to tell you that. Well, those things don't, you know, you can't change that or you can't do this or you just got to do this, man. Like, you just got to get up. I know. But 
but it's almost like you condition your own body to be a certain way for so long that now that you understand that you are that, that you are like super depressed and it's really fucking bad. You know, I asked someone the other day, I was like, do you think it's better to just be depressed and not understand that you are or to know that you're depressed and try to climb your way self out of it? And that person deals with it too and they couldn't answer. It was just like a, like, fuck. You know, it's almost like you'd, you'd rather not know and just have that be your life and be sad rather than be able to, like, actively work because it's fucking hard. It's hard when you dig your own grave to get yourself out of it. Especially alone. And that's not to say that I don't have family and friends and stuff like that. I do. But you just don't want to bother bother them with it. I spent about a month kind of just in the darkness. And then uh, one night I was out and I just wasn't feeling good. So I took myself back. This time I actually took myself to the hospital. I spent another 10 days there. And... I remember people asking me, like, what happened? Like, why'd you take yourself? Like, you know, what's going on? And you know better than to answer that question. But you do. And then you just see the lights, like the headlights, the deer in the headlights look like, oh, shit. I just opened up a big bag of worms. And I have other things I want to do. Or I wasn't ready for this. And it just makes you feel like shit. It makes you want to just not talk about it. About what your problems and your stressors are. You know, I have friends that will write me all the like daily just will call me. You know, a couple of you guys just FaceTime me randomly. But it's like a it's so hard just to reach out. You know it's there. But you just always feel like a burden. And it sucks. And I don't know if it's that bad for other people. I know some people, they do feel that way, but other people I've talked to, I don't know if it's that bad. Or if they're just in the middle of, that's life and Trying to figure it out, right? Just keep going with the flow. 
I think one thing I'm learning is just to talk. Just put it out there. You know, my uh, my group of friends have been really good to me. As I learned a lot more. It's weird to be a 34-year-old dude, 33 at the time, I think. And just say, hey, I need someone to talk to if you have time in a group thread. And then have one person say, throw up a Zoom link. You do it. And then there's seven of them just sitting there watching you fucking pour it all out for, you know, three hours. It leaves you wondering if people are actually kind. Like, people actually care. Because obviously they do. But then you're left wondering, like, should I have done, I wish I should have done this earlier. And you have a lot of regret there. feels good, but I think a lot of people who are depressed, I know I do, I, other couple other people I've talked to about stuff, well, say they struggle hard with kindness too. You know, when someone gives me a gift, I can remember crying at a fucking, like, and I guess this is just a sign too that I was dealing with more and what I put up was, you know, last year for Christmas, someone got, I had talked about wanting to get an Apple TV for my bedroom because I had one downstairs, but it's kind of, it'd be kind of nice to link everything and, you know, just to be able to watch something upstairs. A little bit easier than pushing it from my phone to all this other shit that I was doing and I don't know. And someone gave me one. And it just, I mean, I cried. Like, it was something so simple. But I think it just showed, like, the magnitude of, like, what a simple gesture. You know, and it was like, I mean, Apple TVs aren't cheap. They're like 100 bucks, which isn't like a ton of money, right? But it's like, it's not. You don't see it as typical. And um, I cried. And I think it's just because I... Like, it just felt kind. I don't care about stuff. I've never really cared about stuff. But for someone to do that, just I think it just brought up a lot of like you struggle to think that that stuff is out there. People like that are out there. So when you have a friend group that sits there and wants to talk to you about stuff, or just lets you sit there and cry for three hours to them, a bunch of dudes in their thirties got kids and families, and they put all that stuff on hold for you. It's hard to deal with too. But it's out there. And I'm like, soup. I mean, it's Thanksgiving week, right? So I'm really grateful for those guys. 
even to this day. You know, we sit there and talk or one or two of them fucking write me Katy Perry lyrics all the damn time and it You know, they're trying to get you to talk because they realize that you're not all there. Trying to do it in a joking fashion, and I get it. It's funny. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to spend the next two hours, three hours talking, or I really don't know what you have going on. And it's going to be a shit show. if you. <laughs> and I would jokingly write back, like, one of these days, I'm going to fucking throw everything on you. And you're going to hate that you keep asking me this every day. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag blowing through the wind? Right? It's all from the interview. Um, But one thing I've learned is like, It's just hard to talk about. It's hard to deal with. And I don't know, like maybe if, you know, if you deal with that shit or you have stuff that's like packed up inside, man, just find some. And if you want that someone to be the one person who's in your house, you know, someone who's in your house and they can't deal with it, go find someone else to deal with it. Like not replace them, but find a friend. And I think you'll be really surprised. That. While you will still, you will feel like a burden. You'll feel like, you know, they ain't got time for this shit, but they'll make time. People that care will make time. And they won't stop making time just because it's heavy. They won't. You'll go through phases. I know I do of like being really good, being super happy, enjoying life. And then it just fucking hits. And you can't explain it. And they put you back in that cycle of not understanding what the fuck's going on in your head. You can look back and recognize things happen. You can look forward and say, yep, in five years, I'm going to be all good. I know it. And it's true. But when you're in it, it sucks. And you're actively trying to find that one day when it's just over. And maybe that's the wrong way to go about it. 
It probably is. Because you're looking for a result. Instead of letting it just come to you. I just got done reading Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights book. It's actually pretty good. And if you... You know, I have the hard copy, I read it, and then I listen to the audiobook after. And it's far better in audiobook because he reads it himself. But um, you know, he said something about the arrow doesn't find the target, the target draws the arrow. So maybe that's something I gotta think about. I've spent a lot of time in my bed lately. And, you know, this topic is kind of one of the reasons I didn't do the podcast last week. Things were just fucking heavy. And when you're like that, it's really exhausting to do the little things. Like, I enjoy doing the podcast, it's fun. I enjoy trying to be entertaining come up with new ideas, record. I obviously like talking. Um, but at times, it's fucking exhausting. You get on a mic and you do your thing and you're like super happy doing it, right? And then as soon as you're done, it's like, <sighs> hop off the chair, hop in the bed. All the files transfer and stuff like that. But I guess something I get, I don't know, like, I don't even know where I started, where I gone and everything like that. I hope you found something that is valuable, whether you are somebody who deals with the stuff or you think you're dealing with the stuff or you're trying to understand things, you're confused about things, or you know somebody that is like that, or they exhibit some of those signs too. Find somebody and even if it's a doctor or whatever, just talk to somebody about it and understand it. That person will probably help you figure out how to deal with it or how to bring things up or how to talk about things with the other people that you feel like you can't talk to things about or find better ways for you to explain it to those people so they'll understand. And if you deal with it, you can always reach out to me. I don't, I'm not even lying. Legit, I have a friend who's dealing with stuff too and we talk a lot. And it actually kind of makes you feel better and helps you process your own shit when you're helping somebody else talk about it. Especially if they understand that you deal with it. Um, But care about people. Have concern about people's well-being. Because it all starts in your brain. And that's the one thing you don't want to lose. You could have other health concerns. But when it's your brain, it's fucked up. Like, I would rather get fucking COVID-19 be on a fucking ventilator. And, like, the most severe, like, you know, ICU-style patient... I would much rather be. And I don't say that lightly. But the sun rises every morning 
and just keep going and figuring it out. But if you have somebody that you think exhibits those signs, you care about them, talk to them about it. I wouldn't go asking, hey, are you depressed? Show real concern if you have it. Don't fake it, though. Just bring bring it up. Hey, I've noticed these things. And I care about you. And I have this much. I have whatever. Nothing else to do other than to be here with you and listen to you if you want to talk. And I think that goes a long way. It would have for me. Depression sucks. Because it's really hard to tell somebody else what you're going through when you don't understand it yourself. Because you feel like if you could understand it, you could get rid of it. Banger of the week. The band is brand new. Better than Taking Back Sunday. And the song is Okay, I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. Thanks for listening. Love you, bye. I'm heaven sent. Don't you dare forget. I am all you've ever wanted. What all the other boys all promised. Sorry I told I just needed you to know I think in decimals and dollars I am the cause to all your problems Shelter from cold We are never alone Coordinate brain and mouth then ask me what it's like to have myself so figured out Wish I knew I hope this song starts a craze The kind of song that ignites the airwaves the kind of song that makes people glad to be where they are With whoever they're there with This is war Every line is about who I don't want to write about anymore Hope you come down with something they can't diagnose Don't have the cure for Holding on to your grudge Oh, it's so hard to have someone to love And keeping quiet is hard
Cause you can't keep a secret if it never was a secret to start At least pretend you didn't wanna get caught We're concentrating on falling apart We were contenders, now throwing a fight I just wanna believe, I just wanna believe I just wanna believe Oh, we're so Muscle on my body